everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, and we're here for another DevOps chat. Today's DevOps chat is one of a few we're doing as a run-up into the DevOps Enterprise Summit in London coming up uh, later in June. Our guest today is a featured speaker at the DevOps Enterprise Summit. It's Anne-Marie Fred of IBM. And Anne-Marie, of course, I've forgotten your title because it happens, but would you mind sharing with our audience? Sure. I'm a senior engineering manager, and I work in the commerce platform. So that's IBM's commerce engine for selling things online. Fantastic. And Anne-Marie, you are not a, this is not your first time speaking at a DOES event, correct? That's right. I spoke in 2016 in San Francisco, and I really loved the conference. I had a great time, and I learned quite a lot there. So I'm definitely looking forward to London. Fantastic. So, Anne-Marie, you know, I, I always ask this of people who, if you haven't been to a DOES event and you're into DevOps or you want to be into DevOps or you know, so forth. It really is such a great camaraderie. It's a great place to be. For and, and for me, it's really about two reasons. Number one, I think the presenters or the speakers it does are second to none. You get really, you know, really great insight into real DevOps transformations at organizations throughout the world. And whether it be a, a you know so-called vendor like IBM or even a electric cloud or desktop or one of these, or a practitioner at a large, as Gene calls them, horse, you know, large enterprise, not a unicorn. It's, it's fascinating to see because even organizations like IBM, so much of their own DevOps uh, offerings are based on their own, on their eating their own dog food, on their own DevOps transformation, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So yeah, we, we teach other people how to adopt DevOps, but we're also constantly learning ourselves. And it's great to sort of be together at a conference with people from other large companies who are running into similar problems. Yep. And, and that, and you just hit the second thing beyond the great speakers, the, the camaraderie of being able to network with people who have similar problems to you. And I think that goes right to the, to the nitty gritty of human nature, right? Uh, you know, not misery loves company, but we like to understand we're not the only one who, who are facing these challenges or thinking about these particular ways of doing it. And it's great to hear from other people who in similar situations are doing really interesting things. So, you know, and I think that's really, that really is what makes does, I, I think, a special conference. Mm-hmm. Yep. That being said, though, Amory, your your talk uh, in London this year is, uh, is entitled Compliance and Audit Readiness, the DevOps Killer. <laughs> That's right. It does have a question mark after that. But, yes. uh, no, I, 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 I'm sorry. The DevOps Killer? <laughs> Given my inflection, but but um, tell us what what exactly do you mean with this one? Yeah, well, you know, we've always had compliance and audit readiness as a as a thing that we care about, but with the run up to GDPR, we had to put a lot of focus on it, right? Um, 
And in addition to GDPR, we sort of took that as an opportunity to make sure that we had our ducks in order with other things like accessibility, IT security, open source checks, you know, the things that we always tell people they should do. Um, they wanted us to get to the point where we had actually documented in a consistent way how we were doing them. And so it was it was a lot of work. Well, it's always <laughs> um, so, work. sure. Well, yeah. I mean, just maybe we have some folks on saying who are not, you know, not up on GDPR. But obviously, GDPR is the uh, is the privacy and, and personally identifiable information uh, rule that is EU wide. But really, when we say EU wide, because the world is so interconnected, it's going to affect almost everyone. And uh, it goes into effect May 25th. So by the time you present at um, at Does London, we'll already already be you know one month into the official rollout of GDPR. Though to be fair, you know, to be fair, Anna Marie, people have known about GDPR and when it was going to go into effect and what was in it for going on two plus years now. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I think it took a good year for us to start to figure out what the implications of the thing were. <laughs> yeah, I, and you're not alone. I, you know, a good year. I think, believe it or not, you know, we, we cover a lot of DevSecOps, whether it be on DevOps.com or on our Security Boulevard site. And I, I think there are a lot of people who even right now are a month out. And they're saying, gee, we better get serious about this, you know. So a year isn't so bad. But, you know, let, let's talk about, first of all, let, let, let me back up a second. Mm -hmm. You know what? Some people still view compliance and readiness almost as separate and apart from, from you know, traditional security, let's call it. And, and. You know, as we were talking about off mic, in my mind, I'd love to us for us as a whole, you know, as a world to move to the point where compliance, readiness, cybersecurity are really intertwined with quality, right? If you're releasing quality software, quality mm -hmm. applications, quality services, it's compliant by design and compliant by practice. It's secure by design and secure in fact. And until we get to the point where this stuff is part of our quality, I don't know if we'll ever be successful. What do you, what do you think about that? Statement? Right. And for us, yeah, exactly. For us, part of this whole initiative was, I mean, we use exactly those terms, right? Secure by design. And what does it mean to be secure by design? And what is an example of what you would do to be secure by design? And are you doing that? And you know, would you sign a document stating that you feel like you've done what you need to do to be secure by design? So um, we've done a lot of prep work, I would say, and like best practices sharing to make sure that you know we're not all inventing the wheel here. Um, well, let, let's be fair, right? I don't want to take credit for the term secure by design either. I, I think that comes right out of the GDPR. And, and your, your reference to people having to sign off that it is secure by design, that's also in the GDPR, correct? Yep, yep. 
and you know you have to have it documented somewhere so we all have these compliance folders um yeah so a lot of this like you know a lot of my talk is about how do we get from knowing nothing about gdpr and having pretty poor documentation in some cases to a state where we're confident as a company signing legal agreements with other companies saying that you know we're gdpr compliant ourselves right yep so, Amory, we're talking about 10 minutes, and it's time to really now, let's zero in on this talk you're giving. Uh, the DevOps killer. Why is it the DevOps killer? Well, it takes time <laughs> to document all of these things, and it takes a lot of manual effort the first time you do it. And, um, you know, one of, the, one of the challenges that's unique to DevOps and continuous delivery is that unless you make a special effort, you might not even know what all the services are in your organization, right? Mm -hmm. um, if people can just spin up a service in the cloud without a second thought, have they told anybody that that service exists so yeah, that you yeah. can ensure it's compliant, right? Um, so that's kind of step one. And then it's almost inevitable that it's going to be manual the first time, but how do we make sure that we don't have to rerun the entire manual check every single time we deploy the software? Um, yeah. You know, how much of this can we actually automate? In some cases, we can actually write tests for these things. So, um, because nobody really wants to keep paying that manual price. <laughs> no, for sure not. For sure not. Um, you know, so I'm, one of the things, I, I was talking to someone yesterday or the day before, and I mentioned that one of the things we've seemed to have moved away from in DevOps, and I'm glad we did, was the, the frequency of release and the speed, right? So I release 12 times a day. Oh, I got you beat. I release 25 times a day. I release 100 times a day. And somehow the more releases I did a day, the better at DevOps I was, right? <laughs> and and I always said speed kills, <laughs> you know? And, and, you know, what's the right speed or the right uh, release rate for your organization? Whatever it is, right? And that is very different than the next organization. So in my mind, if, yes, not just compliance, but security in general can be a drag. On, on release velocity, if you will. But, you know, there, there are good drags and bad drags, right? And I, it's interesting. We did a survey a while back, Amory, and, you know, it, it, deve developers, when we filtered it by developers, developers said, what, what's the biggest drag on, you know, getting your releases out faster? They said security, overwhelmingly. And then they said, you know, the next question was, um, do you want that drag or in essence is, is that drag the right thing to do? And, or what do you count on to ensure the quality? And they said security. So, you know, sometimes being the drag, but making sure things are done right and compliant and you're, no one's going to wind up, you know, the fines around GDPR are pretty stiff. It's, is is just part of the business cycle that we need to figure into things. Yeah, I mean, we compared internally, we compared GDPR to the Win2K problem, right? Or, yeah, the, the year, 
Y2K problem. That's what yes. I mean. Yeah. Me um, too, K is another one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Y2K really problem is that we had to, we had to investigate every single serv service that we have and figure out which ones process personal data. And it's a pretty broad definition of personal data. And then, you know, for each one of them, make sure we're compliant. And then now that we've done that once, how can we still continue to deliver changes to production? I mean, yeah, some services I manage deploy several times a day and some are every other week, but nobody wants to redo the entire audit every time. So what processes can we put into place to make sure that we just don't break things? You know, it's usually it's a combination of every time you have a new feature, here are the questions you have to ask yourself. And every time you do a code review, here are the questions you have to consider, right? And then that can, that combined with some regular reviews, maybe annually, for example, is is I think the the most pragmatic way <laughs> to ensure that you're actually doing what you need to do. Absolutely, and you know that's a good word to use when we think about compliance and audit and and you know time on time dragging. It's it's about being pragmatic. Another concept, Emory, that I heard, where, where the heck was I? I think it might have been, I was out at the RSA conference about two weeks ago, and, and, we, were, and we were doing a panel on DevSecOps and stuff, and the concept of sort of minimally, minimal MVP, right? Uh, minimally viable product, minimally viable security. So, look, you know, there's a pragmatic balance to be struck in terms of how much testing, how much security we do prior to release, but we've got to at least define what's the minimum that is going to you know keep us above water, and understanding that in you know in a DevOps way, even after we release, we can iterate feedback loop and iterate and continue to improve our security and compliance and audit readiness, you know, um, and that's part of DevOps too, right? It, it, it's never fully baked. You're always continuously improving. And so the concept of a minimal viable, you know, compliance and audit readiness posture that would allow you to green light something being deployed versus mm -hmm. 100% is, is something to consider. What do you think about that? Right, exactly. I mean, you could take this to the extreme and you could say every single place where an IP address which is, by the way, personal data, shows up in my system, it has to be encrypted in a way that the data can never be decrypted again. You could say that, but then you wouldn't be able to maintain your system, right? No, it would be a monster. <laughs> right, so, so, okay, that's not the right answer. So now it's about, well, okay, what controls do we need to put in place to make sure that, you know, random person off the street can't get our logs, right? Um, and that that information is protected enough that we don't think we're going to get hacked. And if there was um, an attack on our system, that the scope of it would be very limited and they wouldn't be able to do much with the data that they got. Right. So, yeah, it's all very there's a lot of uh, judgment involved in this. <laughs> and what's your risk tolerance? Uh, agreed. So, Amory, believe it or not, I told you the time goes really quickly. We're coming up. 
on, uh, well, we're probably past our 15 minutes. So we're, we're going to need to kind of start tying a bow on this. For people listening, and they're listening to this before GDPR is in effect, it's not too late. But for, for those who have just procrastinated, procrastinated too long, what's the best advice you can give them right now? Ooh. <laughs> well, I guess I would say don't be afraid to start, right? Right. It's better to do the best you can than do than nothing at all. To be completely overwhelmed and say, I can't even think about how to start on it. <laughs> and that, you know what? That is excellent advice, though, because that is the problem. So many people get paralysis by analysis, right? Or they're just so, you know, they look at this, this you know, monolithic GDPR and all the articles and everything, and they're like, oh, my goodness, you know, we've got so much to do. But it all starts with the first step. And, and from what I've been told, Amory, no one, the, the, the EU is not levying any fines or anything anytime soon. They, you know, but they, they you got to start somewhere. Yeah, if I if I were to say you know two things that we expect quickly, I think just basic IT security, like having basic IT security processes, will cover you for quite a lot of it. Um, and the other thing we expect to be hit with very quickly is the data subject access request. Yeah. Um, the DSAR process and deciding how you're going to handle those requests because they're going to come in fast and furious. I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, I, I think you just got to get, get started with it. Anyway, so we've got that, Amory. You are speaking, in case anyone going to Does is interested, they can find it. I, I think Does has published the entire uh, schedule now. But you're speaking on Tuesday, June 26th. Yep, that's And right. I think it's out in uh, at 2.35 p.m., which is... 1435, right, over in UK, and uh, in breakout room B, as in boy. So anyone listening who's going to Does, come check out Amory's uh, talk at, at Does London. Maybe say hello afterwards or before. Amory, I'm sure it's going to be a great talk, though. We've heard you speak before. And Thank uh, thanks for joining us today on DevOps Chat. Yeah, thank you, Alan. It's been, it's been fun talking to you. Absolutely. Anne-Marie Fred, IBM and, and Dev, uh, Does London speaker here on DevOps Chat. You've just listened to another chat. We'll see you soon. Uh, until then, have a great day, everyone. <laughs>